It's goosebump time in Oxford, Mississippi. What's up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We're back at it again here in the Second Line studio. Coming to you with another, uh, I think we're just going to call this Golf Dads. Uh, this is just another Golf Dads episode. Um, we have Bunky Perkins and Will Bardwell here. Uh, I-, I dubbed them our Golf Dads, I guess, a couple weeks ago uh, when I just started spamming them with uh, golf texts and golf tweets and all kinds of stuff. And uh, they were courteous enough to... Um, I don't know if they're laughing with me or laughing at me, but uh, but I got them on a podcast. So, gentlemen, welcome in as uh, the official Golf Dads podcast. Zach, I can only accept this invitation if you'll allow me first to uh, congratulate my colleague, Professor Perkins, on uh, one of the great Twitter achievements of all time, which was uh, getting retweeted a few days ago by Brooks Kepka. Um, Bunky. Congratulations. We, that's my, you, you're talking about my good personal and close friend, Brooks Kepka, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I am honored. I, I'm too honored to be uh, on the Golf Dads podcast. I am a dad and I am tired. And so that qualifies me. And I have played golf, not recently, but I think that qualifies me to be on here. Yeah, uh, Bunky, that was a that was a great tweet. It, it had all the things that, that that I hold dear to my heart. It had you, of course, first and foremost, uh, golf, and then three six mafia. So it was a uh, it was a trifecta, if you will. Yeah, it was a good Memphis tweet, and uh, I appreciate Mr. Kepka, who has an Ole Miss connection. Of course, That's he was right. coached by. Uh, Chris Malloy at Florida State before Coach Malloy came to Ole Miss. So there's your Ole Miss tie-in for the night. That's the last we'll we'll speak of it. <laughs> All right, so real quick, we'll recap. Uh, we're just talking about Memphis here, talking about Brooksy. Brooksy, unfortunately, did not win, but shot a nice 69 in the uh, final round. Uh, the trophy went to uh, a fellow SEC uh, gentleman, Justin Thomas, who I was talking with some folks. I want to get y'all's take. Do you think he was crowned, or do you think he he took he he stole it? I, I, when you start looking at his stroke gain, strokes gain statistics, um, he really drove the ball pretty well on Sunday. I, I know there were a couple that uh, got loose there on the back nine, and those are the ones that got all the attention. But his stats bear out that he was hitting the ball really well tee to green all day. So I I don't think he stole anything. That was a disgusting chip on 18. Like, that was just awesome. Oh. Like, thin lie. Like, thin lie with water behind it and just scoots it to a, a tap in. That That's what dreams are made of. After uh, Bones walked it off. Yeah. So it, it, if he walks it, it off looked, and then you, like – chunk it or you know blade it off the that's when it's just like okay like that was just a complete waste of time but yeah he absolutely just knocked it stiff like it was just disgusting he's gonna win this weekend we could just go ahead and like fast forward to the to the chase here yeah he's gonna win this weekend okay i was gonna save it for the second segment but um so just 
running through the leaderboard real quick before we turn our attention to Harding Park. Daniel Berger, T2 with Tom Lewis, who I know a lot of people were very upset. Tom Lewis didn't get a lot of TV time. Uh, and I'm kind of there. Like, the dude shot a just absolutely in- insane 61 on Saturday, uh, which I believe tied the course record. Can you all fact check me on that? I think that's... Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. I think you're correct. Uh, I don't have any idea, but it sounds good, so I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I should know being from Memphis, but you know I've never played Southwind, so why would I know? Uh, Phil Mickelson snuck in there. Uh, T2 as well with Brooks. Uh, Xander continues to, to play extremely well, 9-under. And then Jason Day had a nice showing uh, right there under Xander at T6. Um and then, uh, come on, guys. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that Ches Reevee, uh again, is uh, hunting leaderboards. So with the s- stupid flat bill, <laughs> <laughs> like have got, a little, have a little, have a little pride, have a little self respect. He's got some like young, uh, like very disrespectful to his parents, Charlie Hoffman vibes going with that hat. <laughs> he looks like. He looks like it was one of those pitchers at one point that had like concussion problems. I think he played for the Dodgers and he wore like this oversized padded hat to pitch. <laughs> if you if you search like Major League Baseball, let's let's search it real quick. Okay. MLB oversized hat pitcher. I know it's gotta be on there. Let's see. Oh, oh, San Diego, not not the uh, okay. uh, not the Dodgers. Alex Torres, just a ridiculously. Okay. I, I guess he had like like uh, I don't know if it was concussion issues or whatever. So like it served a purpose, but uh, oh my yeah. god, it looks like it's made out of Kevlar. Right, it's ridiculous. So yeah, that's it's got some strong Ches Reeve energy. All right, this weekend, Harding Park. We're going to the Bay Area. I uh, this one's to me is going to be fun. Uh, I love the course. I love just the complete like this is like this this three part tour swing is fun. Um, last week you're in Memphis. I don't think it was too hot, but you know it was still humid as fuck, and it was essentially miserable, uh, even though it wasn't in the mid 90s. But now you're heading out to California, to the Bay Area, where it's going to be, I believe, in the 60s all weekend. So we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of quarter zips, a lot of sweaters. Um, it's it's going to be chilly. Tiger Woods is going to be there. Um, Will, I'll start with you first. I, just give me your thoughts on, uh, you know, the course, the field, and uh, don't don't give me a pick yet, even though you already gave one. But just kind of your your thoughts as we turn to uh, the first major and what seems like forever. Well, I think it's going to play a lot like Bethpage Black played last year. It's a little bit shorter, uh, and it'll be a little bit firmer. But they've set it up pretty much the same way you know the rough's going to be really thick the fairways are going to be really narrow and harding park is a pretty right out there in front of you kind of golf course you know there's not a lot of dog legs out there and so it's it's going to favor players just like beth page did uh, who can poke the ball out there really far and consistently put it in the fairway so i, I would expect that the leaderboard is going to look a lot like it did last year 
Well, you said uh, favor people who hit it long and hit it straight. <clears throat> Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, and so uh, I think that'll that'll be interesting if he can like keep the wheels on once he puts a wedge in his hand. Uh, but yeah, I think guys like Kepka and JT, who's not the biggest guy, but does hit it, hit it reasonably far. Rory, uh, once you said 60 degrees, I pretty much ruled Tiger out. Um, because I mean, Tiger and I are close to the same age. He's a little bit older than me. Like if it's that cold, like yeah, with wind, I'm, I'm not functioning too well and I don't even have a, uh, uh, completely repaired back. So, uh, yeah, I I think the usual suspects that hit far and straight and, uh, it's going to come down maybe to like who had a better putting week. Well, think about last year at the PGA Championship where Tiger missed the cut, and he was playing great golf back then. It was just a month after he'd won the Masters. Here we are um, in similar weather, and he's not even playing very well right now. So, yeah, I I, I would not put my child's college fund on Tiger this weekend. It's uh, it's going to be chilly, as as they say. Uh, it's hard to get activated out there when it's cold. Um, I know Tiger likes. I know Tiger likes the golf course, and uh, he was out there today hitting on the range, getting uh, getting acclimated to the uh, to the elements. But I, I'm with you there, Bunky. I think it's going to be hard for him to uh, really kind of get into a rhythm, get 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 heated up, if you will, uh, out there. I. I think that um, now I, I will say this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, the featured groups are going to be on ESPN Plus Thursday. These are all Eastern uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Times. So Thursday, eleven thirty-three. You've got Tiger, Rory, and JT, and then uh, four fifty-eight p.m. John Rom, Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia. And then Group 2, uh, 11.22 a.m., Jordan Spieth, DJ, Justin Rose. And then 4.47 p.m., Ricky Fowler, Bryson DeChambeau, and Adam Scott, which is a a name you haven't heard in a while, or at least I haven't heard in a while. Um, They do notate on uh, ESPN.com. Friday's feature groups will be announced at the end of play on Thursday. Um, I tell you what, guys, before we... uh, before we head to the break here, um, I guess we'll do picks on the other side. But I guess give me give me a name that a lot of people aren't just aren't talking about, um, whether uh, just kind of flying under the radar the last couple weeks, or uh, maybe somebody you think is going to come out of nowhere. Bunky, I'll throw it to you first this time. Just somebody that you think is maybe not necessarily win, maybe not necessarily top five or top ten, but just somebody that's that's going to maybe shock people a little bit this weekend. I mean, I don't know about shock, but like some of these young guys who are like 21 to 23 who have been playing like super well. So like Colin Markawa uh, would be uh, at the top of that list. Uh, Daniel Berger, who I, I think is over 23, but young guy. Uh, like other than JT and uh, Bryson, like those two guys are probably been the best players since the restart. Um, and so I would expect them to play really well. Um, if I had to take like a flyer on somebody, 
that, okay, hits it long and hits it real. You know who I'm going to go with? And this is, this is a, uh, if you are like a, a golf psycho, as far as like consuming as much like golf podcasts and stuff, like not a surprise, but if you're just kind of a casual golf fan, you're like, who the hell am I talking about? I'm going to go Max Homa. Mm. Like Max, Max, like before everything fell apart was playing awesome golf and then has kind of struggled to make some cuts recently, but then, uh, Minnesota played super good and had a chance to win, uh, coming down the stretch. Uh, he hits it long enough that he can just make a putt. Like that's been his Achilles heel. If he can't make anything that is inside of 10 feet. So like if he can just putt a little bit, uh, that might be fun to watch. And he's a California guy. He went to Cal, so uh, maybe a little hometown, hometown cooking. Yeah, I like the I like the Morikawa mention. Home, home hometown kid here played the course a ton, and I do like Max Homa. I, I like keeping up with him just because I'm a fan in general. Um, great Twitter follower or follow, I should say, and uh, just seems like a, a cool guy. I think uh, I think he's gonna be. You know, back in his home state, going to be looking to play uh, play really well. And like you said, he's he's been really close to piecing it together. You know, maybe a top five or maybe close to getting, you know, inching towards a win. But uh, yeah, I like those two uh, names. Will, what about you? If I had to take somebody who people aren't talking about, I I think you could do worse than Hideki Matsuyama. Um, He's second on tour in strokes gained, tee to green this year. Uh, his iron play is really good. He putts like Bunky Perkins. He's terrible putting, but if, <laughs> if he can just putt average, he he everything else about his game suggests he should be able to play here. He's not a bomber, but he still puts it out there, you know, 305, 310. And if he can put it in the fairway and hit his irons the way he usually hits them, uh, there's no reason he can't get close enough to, you know, to two putt most of these holes and stay in the tournament. His his pairing for the first two days, it's him, Vic Hovland, and Tony Fleet and Tommy Fleetwood. Does does anybody make a putt in that group in two days? <laughs> I mean, at least at least at least uh, Tommy Fleetwood has the you know excuse that uh, he hasn't really been playing much because he. He, he he came over a little late due to uh, COVID nineteen, you know, um, which hey, respect. I I I, uh, I salute the uh, family first mentality there from Tommy, but uh, yeah, tough sledding there to uh, to make a putt. All right, when we uh, we're gonna take a break. When we get on the other side, we're gonna we're gonna give some picks, and uh, you know, maybe try to uh, win you guys some money. If you uh, do DraftKings or uh, any kind of sports book, if that's your that's your thing. But quick word from the sponsors, and uh, hey, we might have someone join us on the other side as well. So hang tight. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast 
to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your Ole Miss grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Golf 
Golf Dads podcast. And I told I told I told y'all that uh, we might have another 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 folk join us here. I teased it, and uh, we are pleased to welcome in uh, regular, uh, I, I guess, OG co-host of the show. Ben Woodhouse is here uh, to join the Golf Dads pod. Ben, uh, real quick, give us one thought on FedEx, and then uh, tell us what you expect out of this weekend at the PGA. Man. FedEx, it, it looked hot. It looked extra hot with no no crowd there. That's like the main thing I kept seeing. I, I was following some of the guys on Twitter like, Memphis is so hot this weekend. Um, but but really, the the crazy thing is, um, I, we, Zach, you and I were talking about this. The uh, You always hear about guys becoming number one, and John Rahm, what was he number one for like one week? two weeks and now JT has taken it and it's always, man, this guy's got to stay number one until he's 41 years old to be number one as long as Tiger was or like <laughs> yeah. 48 years old or something ridiculous. But, uh, I mean, it was a good weekend. I mean, it was good golf. They, um, I'm still enjoying, uh, golf. It does not seem unlike baseball. The NBA has done a pretty good job with it, with the, with the crowds, but, Unlike baseball, the atmosphere in golf, I mean, not that, not that it's normally rowdy, does not seem to have taken a hit without the crowd there. Uh, it's, it's been fine for me. I don't but, I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're sports starved, like we all are, like the, the lack of fans, like it doesn't bother me. Like, no. <laughs> at this point, no. like, exactly. oh, I get, to watch, I get to watch live golf on TV or any live sport? Okay, I don't care if anybody's if you, there. If you see or hear anyone complaining – just slap them like in the ear to where they're, you know, it's just a white noise and they can't hear, like just punch them in the ear if they're complaining. Cause golf is golf. Live sports is live sports. Like I, I the major league baseball doesn't even bother me. Like they pump crowd noise. I, in, I was but like, a, I don't care. I was in a conversation with a group of guys the other night and they were like, yeah, you know, if major leagues because the MLB is considering playing seven inning double hitters or double headers and and on some days to make up games, they're like, that's not real baseball. Seven innings not real baseball. I won't watch. I was like, guys, three weeks ago, ESPN was showing an Eagles concert on a Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> like, yeah, give me a break. If they want to play three inning games, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Anyway, I I can't believe we're well into 2025 20, maybe creeping into 30 minutes on a podcast and no one's made an ant joke um but i guess <laughs> this is just a great segue into uh what's the i'm not familiar i've only been there for a couple of days in my life what's the uh fire ant situation in the bay area is it a little too chilly i think the fire ants are priced out of the market like they the real estate's too expensive <laughs> uh and so they actually, all the fire ants are in Oakland. <laughs> Who knew we would have insect socioeconomic uh, discussions on this podcast? But that's what that's you come why I'm for here with golf. That's dads. why I'm here. You're right. I okay. Will I? I'll let you lead off as we head into giving our picks here, and we'll kind of round robin it. I feel like it's almost too obvious. Therefore, I don't think. I feel like it's bait to take Bryson this week. 
with it being just a, you know, people call, you know, long course, bomber's paradise. Oh, you can hit driver here, 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 this hole, this hole, this hole, you know, take this, you know, cut this corner out, take this lot, uh, you know, this aggressive line, you know, all that. I feel like that's almost bait or that's like, you know, almost easy pickings to where it's going to be, you know, wrong pickings, if you will. What do you think? How I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's I'm trying to I'm psyching myself out with Bryson just because he's such a fucking weirdo. But like, how do you think he fares this week? And then what do you who's who's going to be top of your leaderboard? Just give us like three names. Well, I mean, I'd be surprised if Bryson isn't on the front page of the leaderboard on Sunday afternoon. But I'm not convinced this is the best setup for him. I mean, first of all, as everybody has stated a million times uh, this week, Bryson has never finished better than 15th in a major. Um, he could very well do it this weekend. But if there's one thing we've learned about Bryson DeChambeau over the past nine months, it's that he's a weird guy. You know, there's some strange things going on in his head. And like, when things start to go downhill for him, they go downhill fast. Uh, and one way to drive yourself crazy is to keep trying to hit wedges, which he doesn't hit very well to begin with, out of three and a half inch rough. So I'm not convinced this is going to be a great situation for him. Um, Plus, he's too close to Silicon Valley. There's too many, too <laughs> many temptations for scientific discovery uh, in Palo Alto. He's going to be distracted. So I think be- that's a good. He's gonna try to be. He's he's gonna have urges to be disruptive. That's right. So I think I think you're onto something. Well, I saw that Elon Musk might move uh, Tesla out of California. Bryson might be spending his time the first few <laughs> days of this week out there, like coming to some uh, some partnership with Elon Musk about keeping Tesla out there. Uh, actually, Bryson and Elon Musk. That's the that's the Netflix series I want to see uh, next year. <laughs> Um, I'm living together in an apartment. Elon caddies for him all season. I would watch. <laughs> if you just mic that up, I'd watch it all day. That's well, they could the series could just be called Brainworms. <laughs> <laughs> well, after Bryson finishes taking chunks out of the 16th green at uh, at Harding Park. Uh, JT is going to be your winner. Uh, JT is at the height of his powers right now. And I mean, I've got something coming out on my website on Wednesday about this, but like if there was any doubt is the greatest American golfer under the age of 30, like, there, you know, he had 13 PGA tour wins at age 27. That, that is bananas. Um, he does everything well except for putting, and he's not terrible at putting. He's just kind of average at putting, but he, he hits his driver well. He hits his irons well. His short game is super underappreciated. Um, I, I I just think he is hitting a window in his career, where especially when you've got seven majors coming up in the next 11 months. I mean, he He might be sitting on four majors. A year from now and he doesn't have to win this golf tournament to get to that point but it's also hard to imagine 
a golf tournament setting up for him better than this one. Uh, if for no other reason than he's red hot right now. So I, I think JT is going to be the winner real quick. But I'd be surprised if, Oh, sorry. Um, go ahead. Well, you, you, you bring up JT and I meant to ask this earlier, but no better time than now. How you're talking about great golfers under the age of 30. And we haven't mentioned, we haven't even uttered his name on this podcast, which is kind of insane when you think about it. Do does anyone here know how many wins on tour JT has since Jordan Spieth's last win? I heard this. It, Isn't it? Is that like nine? It is nine. Yeah, because oh, he God. because he because the last Spieth win was seventeen, right? The British. The British. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Spieth is how crazy he was that? playing really bad golf. It's not great. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Will. Uh, so you've got JT, get t- two other names. It doesn't have to be second and third place guys, just two other names that you think are going to be up there. Yeah, I'll avoid Bryson. Um, Xander Shoffley is going to play really well this week. Mm-hmm. And um, if Rory can putt, then he ought to be on the page of the leaderboard too. All right. Bunky, you're up next. Okay, so I'll give you two that I think will play really well. Uh, I'm gonna first. I mentioned him before. I'm gonna go Colin Marikawa. Uh, he's been playing about as good as anybody. Uh, if he can just putt, which is a a big uh, if, uh, but he's a California kid, played at Cal, uh, and so I think as long as he can putt, he might have a good week. Um, Oh, who else? You have to um, pick your Twitter buddy, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with my very good friend, Brooks Kepka. Or actually, actually, no, no. Let's go for another name. Uh, I would say former world number one, uh, John Rom. Uh, oh, you know, one took it one week. He was he was literally uh, the number one player in the world for like ten days. Uh, <laughs> Underrated so, uh, John Rom. Yeah. So maybe this is his first uh, major, but uh, yeah, I think my my go to, you know, since we are best friends, um, it would have to be Brooks Kepka. Um, he uh, played really well. Like I'm glad he didn't win, right? Even though he won Memphis last year, like I'm glad he played well because he really hadn't been playing that great. Uh, he played three really good rounds and one kind of mediocre round, uh, and so. He's he, he played just well enough to be like, ooh, you might win next week. So I'm going with Brooks. Benjamin. Um, I picked this guy in every tournament. I, I, uh, it's like a I don't know if it's a no laying up thing for me or what, but I'm going Rory McIlroy. The McRib. I just, I mean, dude, he's he's long off the tee. I still think that when Rory is on, he is the best player in the world. I think that he has, or let me rephrase that. I think his, the top of his game is higher. His ceiling is higher than anyone else's for me. And then, especially when it comes to majors, because they lengthen them out and, and he can pound. He's accurate with a driver when he's on. So going with the same thing, I'm going to theme, I'm going Rory, DJ, just strictly off the tee and um, Tony Finau. Ooh. 
All right. I don't hate that. I don't hate. I don't hate that female pick. No, he he just can't. It's like him and Ricky. Like on Sunday, they just I don't know what it is. They like get shit faced Saturday night, and then Sunday they come out. Yeah. Well, I I guess I guess Tony's Tony's not getting shit faced, but. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He can't even drink caffeine, can he? Uh, I pull for Ricky pretty much uh, every major because I just want him to win one. And uh, man, he. His time is ticking now. The clock's ticking on Ricky. Mm-hmm. I know he's just early 30s, but it's, man, at some point it gets in your head, doesn't it? You know, when you've been best buds with the guys to, who've won 25 times on tour, and you, yeah. you know. I'll ask you this. I'll, I'll ask all of y'all this. Of the spring break crew, now obviously Smiley's been gone. Be, hey, be careful what you say. Well, I... <laughs> You know. About Mr. Kaufman, I, I Smiley's mean, I, army. I like the Smiley. army. I like Smiley. <laughs> this has nothing to do with whether I like them or not. But is Spieth is Spieth close to not getting the uh, the invite to the next Airbnb beach trip? Well, see, they're all married now, except for JT. And so JT because he's married to the JT's. Game. That's true. Well, yeah. So like he he. Uh, they go on completely separate trips now. Like uh, you got Smiley, Smiley and Ricky uh, and Spieth all going to like they're going to the 38, right? Because they, you know, it's a good family atmosphere. And and JT's still wanting to go to to the Bahamas, go to Bisa, uh, you know, play, places to be. You know, I don't know that uh, that that the married guys are ready to go do that. Or able, they're yeah. probably ready. They're not cap- They're not capable. <laughs> the rest, the rest of the guys are like on my. They're on my wavelength where they're like, man, have you had the crab cakes at Bud and Alley's this year? <laughs> man, God, I got to go to sleep at nine thirty last night, guys. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. and then JT's like, crab cake, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, JT's talking about you know his like, oh man, if you mix these two seltzers together. With uh, Fireball, like it, it tastes like uh, you know the fucking dessert pizza at CC's. Like it's you know he's doing that. <laughs> um, that sounds delicious, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, for me, um, trying to think outside the box here. You guys have picked a lot of good ones. Uh, ben, I do like the McRib pick. I do like Rory. Uh, I feel like he's kind of in the shadows, waiting to strike. Uh, I, hell, I really like everybody's picks. JT, I feel like, is really playing at another level right now. Um, I will say he hasn't been one of the most consistent guys on tour um, this year. Um, well, actually, sorry, he has been one of the most consistent. Sorry, I psyched myself out there. Um, Webb Simpson. I'd say keep an eye out for him. And this is not my pick to win. I'm saying he'll he'll be up there. Uh, he's had two wins, six top tens, and ten starts this year. Um, and then he had a T16 at, at the at Pebble last year, and then back in 2012 at the Olympic Club, um, which is you know right across the lake from TPC Harding. Uh, so I think he he knows the landscape well. He knows the elements well. I think Webb will play um, at Harding Park. 
I'm going to say Patrick Cantlay is somebody that people need to uh, keep an eye on this year. Maybe uh, put a pin in that. Um, he had four rounds in a row over par um, dating back to the Memorial. Uh, I think he's uh, a top uh, – looking at it here. Yeah, top ten player on tour in strokes gain, tee to green and strokes gain total. Uh, he's been um, kind of in the mix for a lot of uh, tournaments. And um, last year's Masters, he was kind of in the mix for a while, and then he had a third-place finish at the PGA. Um, he is also a California guy, so I think that he's going to be someone who will be uh, raring to go this weekend. If I'm picking a winner, though, I feel like I'm probably going to go John Rahm. Um we talked about how the course is a bomber's paradise. He's a, a really he's a long player. Um, he's been playing really well this year, as we've talked about already on the show. He was number one for uh, a brief time, but he was still number one in the world. Um, you know, one at Memorial. Um, a lot of people say it's a course that plays a lot like a major, so I think that he's kind of primed to uh, to really pounce this weekend. I know JT's going to be hot. Brooksy's kind of got that uh, that eye of the tiger look now um, after he uh, quote-tweeted Bunky. But I think Rom has a good shot to win this weekend. So um, that's You kinda... know, a lot, of, a lot of these guys that we've mentioned tonight, um, we've added the addendum, if they can just putt, Rom <laughs> could putt. He he's, 26, he's 26th on tour strokes gained putting, which is far and away the best of any of these guys we've talked about. Uh, so, yeah, that that's not a bad pick. It's got the uh, the Anderson Silva vibes on the green. Got the spider putter. Is there uh, anything else that we haven't covered that, uh, I mean, we could squeeze some college football in here with uh, the big announcement over the weekend that kind of um, I guess shelved PGA tour for, for a brief moment. Uh, we can close on that. What do you guys think about uh, the announcement of conference only start time, all that? I mean, do, are we still thinking that we're, we're aimed for college football this fall? Uh, no, <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, uh, this may, I mean, I'm sure this is unpopular and, and I'm not like rooting for it, but I just can't see it. Like I, so like they might make it to like week three and then there's going to be a team or two or three that has so many positive cases and so many people quarantined they, that they will have no choice but to either forfeit or postpone a game or two or three. Like I saw Rutgers yesterday, like half their teams got it. It's just, it is asinine to think we had a chance as a society. I'm about to get real philosophical and I apologize. Uh, we had, we had a chance as a society to kind of cut this off uh, at the uh, pass back in April and May. And we decided that we needed to go on spring break and the, all the, uh, uh, vacations that we had planned like in June. And so now we're reaping the benefits of that. I cannot see that we have college football. That's just me. It, it is so on brand for the way the NCAA treats its athletes 
that we would even be having this conversation. There's not a physician on the planet who would tell you that college football in the fall of 2020 is a good idea. And <laughs> and yet here we are having a serious conversation say, oh, guys, but we, we've got the solution. We've figured it out. We're just going to have conference games this year. As if COVID-19 only exists outside the Southeastern Conference. It's bananas. It's a terrible idea. I can't imagine that it's going to actually happen. Um, but if it does happen, even if just for a little while, shame on everybody responsible for making it happen. Did y'all see, uh, um, did y'all see Tate Reeves tweet today? We all address that yet? Yeah. He quotes, uh, any given Sunday. <laughs> oh, hell oh yeah. my God. Is it the inches we need speech? Yes. If it's not, I don't yes. want to hear it. Is it? Oh my God. The six inches in front of your face. I want to oh. see. I want to see him recite the whole video. The, the whole. Oh, he does. It's not video. a video, unfortunately. It's it's him just oh. uh, typing it. But that'd have been incredible if he had said the six feet in front of your face. To social yeah, distance. and uh, that's all right. <laughs> so, um. Ashton Pittman tweeted that Tate Reeves issued a statewide mask mandate. That was today. And Tate's quote was, I want to see... Okay, so he waited until August the 4th for a statewide mandate because he wanted to see college football. Sneaking up on the the virus. Sneaking up on him. Can I say two things? We're a fourth quarter team. Number one. Tate's a fourth quarter team. Number one. Tate Reeves went to Millsaps. I promise you, he doesn't give a shit about college football. <laughs> Number two, I'm over, I'm willing to overlook all of the inadequacies in our response to COVID-19 if Tate Reeves will turn his Twitter account into an Oliver Stone fan account. I'm willing to brush it all under the rug. Just like random quotes from random Oliver Stone movies from now until Election Day 2023. Let's Let's do that. Man, just uh, you know, tweeting uh, Lawrence Taylor gifts from any given Sunday at Bryson DeChambeau just like every weekend that'd be great. <laughs> God, Tater, what a guy! What a uh, yeah. um, but anyway, he, yeah, 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 yeah I mean, I, I'm with y'all. I, I tell you the. The optimist, the eternal optimist that exists in me, the eternal Ole Miss fan optimist that thinks that when the ball kicks off at some Ole Miss has some chance in, in every game, thinks that somehow college football has a chance against COVID. And you're right. I, I mean, um, I don't see it happening uh, when I think with my brain as much as I want it to, as much as we all do. And, 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 and the, you know what sucks about all this is when you tell somebody, you know, realistically, I just don't see it happen. And they think you're cheering for the virus. Like, no, I'm not cheering for the virus. Like, I want it to go away, but I also want people to live. <laughs> and then in the healthcare, and it's not about COVID killing people. I mean, it is partly, but it's also about COVID patients taking up the hospital and other people who would normally get those beds dying from whatever they have. So, and, and, and 
I'll, I'll end on this. It's so strange to me. You're talking about how COVID only would exist outside the Southeastern Conference. The same thing goes for these counties. You know, at, at one time, the Mississippi government, governor, whoever said, okay, these eight counties are on mass mandates. As if they those people aren't allowed to travel to the county next to them. Or the uh, that just, you know, as if there's a wall around each. Anyway, I just, I think, as human beings, and you said getting philosophical, I'm getting it now. We have a very difficult time, you know, distinguishing between or or discerning how viruses spread and how it's. It literally doesn't matter how much how much money you have, or you know, what kind of car you drive, or anything like that. Like you know, if you're exposed to it, you may get it, and you know, it's just a fact. If uh, if Bryson and Elon Musk did move in together, how quickly do you think they'd have a vaccine down? I mean, it's inside six hours, right? I mean, it would be it would be a very effective placebo at the very least. <laughs> it might be a sugar pill, but they'll have something, and they will call it signs. The, yeah, the red or the blue pill. That's probably you know. As simple as that. Can, they'd just be like, we can, yeah, we, we, we figured this out in a movie that the Wachowski brothers did. Okay, so the from what I've heard, and, and maybe y'all talked about this, practices right now, I don't know that they even have water because they're afraid of spreading the virus. If you're not on the field, you have to have a mask on. But if you are on the field, you don't have to have a mask on. Let's so, take the mask off for the place where it's most contagious. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, what do y'all think happens when you get tackled? Like, you literally taste the other person. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great, William. It's not great. I'll just <laughs> leave it. Just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's like how, like, high schools are like, all right, for the coin toss, we're only sending out one captain this year. Like, what the fuck does that matter? You send out one captain, then five minutes later when we kick off, everybody's going to be hitting each other in the face. Stupid. Um, Yeah. With all that said, I would like for them to play college football because I would like for our other dad, uh, Lane Kiffin, to uh, prove all the naysayers wrong, Uh, whether that be the naysayers uh, nationally on the Fine Bomb Show or whether that would be uh, within the uh, friendly confines of Oxford, Mississippi, maybe in a town hall, maybe uh, at a gas station, maybe at a crystal, uh, something like that. But uh, the haters and losers that say he can't get it done, I just, I would like for him to be able to safely prove people wrong. How about that? <laughs> I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get sick because this is a very serious virus. People are dying. Uh, for the love of God, wear your mask when you go somewhere. This isn't some political statement. Just be courteous to others and wear a mask. It's not hard, but yeah, I would like, I would like for, uh, Lane Kiffin to get out there and do his thing. I think I would rather see Lane Kiffin just do like hourly Instagram live videos and just tell us what's going on in his day. You know, are you, are you at Kroger? Like what, what aisle are you on? What are you looking for? Are you, are you finding it easily? Um, what are you, what are you buying it for? What are you going to cook tonight? Lane? Um, I'd just, I'd like to 
I just kind of like to follow Lane along for a year. How are the fish biting in Boca? Yeah. These are the these are the uh, the questions we need to answer. The hard hitting questions. Yeah. All right. Um, we've covered a lot of topics here. Um, important topics. Very important. I guess. Last thing. Uh, the cat is out there. Where do we think he uh, he ends up this weekend? This cat. Did y'all hear the, his interview today? Does he have COVID? <laughs> Did y'all hear? Oh, he no. couldn't talk for coughing. Oh, he was coughing. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it's from the cold weather in the Bay Area or, or chillier, but it was oh, funny. You know, you're, you're jumping time zones. You're going from Jupiter to uh, to the Bay Area. A lot going on. Body. Uh, what we, we, is this a body clock? For uh, <laughs> for Tiger. Do you think Tiger has a body clock? That dude gets up at like three o'clock in the morning to stretch. I don't know. <laughs> he activates the glutes at by four thirty. His body is very different from mine. <laughs> Bunky Will, do we have any thoughts on the cat? What do we think he's going to do? I, Will, did you say I mean, his cut? Yes, he's going to miss the. He's the miss. He's going to miss the cut, but nobody should freak out about that because this is just not the type of setup that his game fits right now. As long as he stays healthy, as long as he is fit enough to pull a club back, he will always be a threat at Augusta and the Open Championship. He's never going to win a PGA Championship again. He's never going to win a U.S. Open again, and that's okay. That's just not what his game does right now. So if he misses the cut this weekend, nobody needs to freak out. I'm going to go barely makes the cut and then like uh, like DFL on the weekend. Like he's he's in the bottom, the bottom half for sure. He sticks around. He 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 figures it out just enough to get in under the wire, but like never a factor. Yeah, it feels like he shoots 78 on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. But he decides he decides to do that. Like if he misses the cut, he decided he just didn't want to do it. If he has to take off like first group on Saturday morning, like seven o'clock in San Francisco, it's gonna be foggy, it's gonna be cold, he is gonna be mad as hell. He's gonna play in like two and a half hours. He'll just WD and go <laughs> go to the refuge. I mean, I just don't see him doing that. Like, it's his body is not fit for that anymore. I mean, the the mechanical lower back that he has is not going to have the oil to stand up for that. It's just going to be too too chilly. So, tell you kind of how good Tiger is. Crazy, a crazy Tiger stat. Um. In the third round of the O2 Open Championship, and I think the weather was really bad that year, like really, really bad. Um, For six years prior to that, so from the time Tiger turned pro until the third round of the Open Championship in O2, he did not, uh, or he never shot 80 or worse. He shot 79 or better in every round of golf. Same. And then for the 12 years following that, he did not shoot a single round in the eighties. So from 96 to 2014 or 97 to 14, 
Tiger Woods shot one round in the 80s as a professional golfer. Jesus that is Christ. absurd. From 1906 to 2000, I also never shot in the 80s. <laughs> but for the completely yeah. opposite reason. Yeah. Yeah, to give you some perspective on that, my handicap got under a 12 by like two decimals last week, and I was like fist pumping in my car, uh, <laughs> jamming to like, you know, going in between, uh, you know, Metallica and, you know, the baby, because I was like, yes, I've done it. I'm under 12. Um, <laughs> talking about crazy tiger stats as we close here, Ben, I'm glad you brought this up because this was back in. Uh, early July, uh, Bryson DeChambeau won his sixth PJ Tour event in his 99th start. This was after Memorial, so he won that in his 90. This was his sixth win in his 99th start as a pro. Which that's that's amazing. That's that's awesome. That's really good. That's why he's that's why he plays professionally. Um, just for <laughs> just to uh, really flip your brain upside down in your skull. Tiger Woods won 27 of his first 99 starts. <laughs> so um, he changed the game. It's why their par fives are 700 yards now. Thanks so to Tiger. I'll tell you this. And just to add to this, his 100th PGA Tour start as a pro was at Memorial in 2001, and he won it by seven strokes. Yeah. Like, just absurd. Um, but yeah, now that everyone feels inferior to the game of golf, thanks to Mr. Eldrick Woods, I feel like this is a good place to stop. Uh, guys, if you don't mind, we can just go ahead and make this Golf Dads pot a thing with uh, Pro Golf back and, you know, with the uncertainty of college football. Um, PGA Tour doesn't show any signs of stopping. So we can just make this a weekly thing. We can get here, talk golf, and I can try to drink three beers in a span of 45 minutes. I'm fine with that as long as we can do branded sweatpants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can get uh, like GD put on them for golf dads. There you go. Or GDP for golf dads pot. <laughs> Not to be confused with gross domestic product, but uh, I think GD would be a lot more uh, on brand. La- for me last, last question: What is the winner shoot this weekend? They like to keep it around 10 under for the PGA. I think it's – I think JT gets a little a little under that. I say 11 under. Okay. So par is 72 there. The plan is a par 70, though. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. They play, they've got it set up as a par 70. Okay. I just pulled up the Wikipedia. So they'll – Hopefully this is this is right. You could correct me. Will seventy one sixty nine is the length? Uh, I haven't ever taken a tape measure to it. But that sounds uh, about right. I, okay. Course rating seventy four point three. Slope at one twenty nine. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it plays pretty tough. I'm gonna say the winner goes nine under. So I'm looking at the 2005 WGC that they played there, that Tiger and um, John Daly went to that playoff, and oh. Daly missed it like a four-footer four footer to extend the playoff, and the final score was 10. And so I'll go with 10. Okay. 
The slope rating is lower than I would have expected. Yeah, I'm going to go something like 14. I think oh. I, I kind of, yeah, I think okay. somebody is going low. Yeah. All right. So lastly, if you're trying to gamble uh, real quick, uh, the numbers here brought to us by CBS Sports. Um, JT is 10 to 1. Uh, if you're wanting a sleeper, Scotty Scheffler is 80 to 1. Uh, they have a top 10 lock is Brooks Kepka. Um, somebody that they say is a star who definitely won't win is Dustin Johnson, which, man, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he needs to switch up from, uh, I don't even know if he needs to go from Skull to like uh, Kodiak or something. Uh, he's got to mix, mix things up. Um, they have the top five in order as JT, Bryson, Brooks, Rory, John Rahm. Um, and then their surprise prediction, Tiger Woods contends. Um, now, contends, take that as you will. Um, lowest round, uh, a 64, 6-under. They say the winning score is going to be a clean 270 at 10-under. So you guys are right there on it. Uh, they're saying the winner Sunday score, 68, 2-under. Um, they like Brooks. Uh, Harris English is another sleeper, 150 to 1. Xander Shoffley, another top 10 lock. We talked about him. We like Xander. Um, they, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. We've not talked about him. Yes. Uh, ben, we, we, we touched on, on Mr. Flowood before you joined, but, uh, yeah, we were talking about how he's in a, uh, a group with, um, I believe, Tiger and, or no, no. Uh, it's Hideki, Hideki and Vic Hovland. So no, yeah. those those three guys can't putt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but the hair will be strong, as we know with Tommy. But uh, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a fun weekend, especially if you're wanting to gamble. I feel like it's kind of wide open, but also real top heavy. So uh, it's it's going to be fun with with guys like Brooksy trying to uh, rebound, JT trying to make it back to back. Bryson doing whatever he does, and then uh, guys like John Rahm and uh, and Xander and uh, Rory, Colin, all these guys are, are playing well. So uh, that's gonna do it for uh, for golf dads here. Thanks to uh, thanks to Bunky, thanks to Will, and thanks to Ben for uh, for joining. Um, thank y'all for listening. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll come back to you next week with another golf dads. Till then, we out.